Hallelujah. It is good to be here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And they didn't know what I'd be ministering on, but uh, the, the, the topic is uh, the manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. And we're already experiencing that, the manifest presence of God. Well, you can be seated, but don't change gears and just get intellectual on me. Just stay hooked. You receive with your heart. You believe with your heart, not your head. We don't believe with our, our head, for with the heart man believes, the Scripture said. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. They'll put it on the screen for us. We've been looking every night at Revelation, excuse me, uh, Romans, <coughs> talking about Revelation. What, what are you laughing about? <laughs> Romans, 12th chapter, third verse. He said, I say through the grace given to me to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of of faith. Everybody say measure of faith. Measure of faith. Then in verse 6, he talks about that uh, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And then the next phrases that he gives carries with it the thought of the proportion of faith. We'll minister. Let's wait on our ministering. How will we do it? Uh, according to the proportion of faith. If you teach, how are you going to teach? According to the proportion of faith. That, that thought carries through every one of these things. And that is how we do things. Uh, Jesus told people over and over. When they received in, through his ministry. And the anointing that was on him. He said... Uh, Your faith made you whole. As you have believed, so be it done to you according to your faith. Uh, Did he say that more than once? Do you remember reading? According, say it out loud, according to your faith. Now religion has changed that. Religion has changed it and said it's according to the will of God. Millions of Christians, they believe that stronger than anything else. They changed what Jesus said. They'd say, oh, no, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you did. Because they are, they believe that the determining factor in what we receive and when we receive it and how we receive it is according to the will of God. And the Lord could have said, it was, it was according to the anointing that's on me. Because it was the anointing that did the work, but that's not where he put the emphasis. People say, well, it's, it, it's according to God's timing. Jesus never said that. <laughs> Come on, y'all with me or not? And for you to believe something so strong that permeates your belief, for, in order for things to be scriptural, you know what you need? Scriptures. Scriptures for it. Where's the scripture? And so uh, the, the determining factor 
in how we receive, if we receive, and how, and how much, is what? According to the proportion of our faith. Back up to Romans 1. Now, this is not something we know all about. If you've learned something about it, you, I assure you, you've barely begun. We've barely begun. But we, we must stop relegating everything up to God. We, we must stop it because that's not how the Lord said it works. According to your faith. Say it out loud, according to my faith. That's how I'll receive. In proportion to my faith. That's how I will minister. So no faith, no ministry. Little faith, a little ministry. More faith, more ministry. A lot of faith, a lot of ministry. Right? And every one of those things, whether it was prophesying or teaching or leading or giving, whatever it is, we will increase in proportion to our faith. And our faith increases not automatically, but according to what we're fed and according to what we're exercising. You got, your faith has to be fed and it has to be exercised for it to increase and grow. In Revelation, excuse me, Revelation. Can you pick up what we're talking about tonight? <laughs> You'll see it in the next, next place. Romans 1, uh, he talked about, what was it, about verse uh, 14 or 15? Let's look at 14. He said uh, that uh, he was ready to preach the gospel to them. Go to verse 15. As much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Keep going, verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, uh, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, now let's just, in line with what we've been talking about, the power of salvation, is it manifested to everyone? No. No. It's available to everyone. Is the power of the new birth manifested in everybody's life? Obviously not. Who's it manifested to? To everyone that believes. Go to the next verse. For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. And notice how it's revealed. It's revealed. What's revealed? Righteousness is a King James word. It's all of God's right things. His, his rightness. Everything he says is right. Everything he does is right. And all of this is revealed, including the rightness of the gospel. It's revealed from faith. To faith, as it is written, the just shall live. Not just get born again. Huh? The just shall what? Not, not just get healed by faith. But the just shall what? That's every day, every night, every moment. And that's why the enemy assaults us, bombards us. 
with temptation to fear, to doubt, to worry, to be anxious. Why? Because if he can get you doing that instead of believing, the lights go out. No more revelation. The door is closed. No more grace. No more. It's there. It's available. It's God's will. But like we we saw last night in Romans 8, if you focus your mind on the carnal, on the natural, which includes all the bad junk out here, there will be a manifestation of death. And it's not because it's God's will or God's choice. It's focus. But if you're spiritually minded, if we keep on our mind and in our hearts and in our mouth night and day, What he said, his good things, the redemptive work, it will result in manifestations of life and peace. Hallelujah. The peace of God will heal you. The peace of God. Remember Jesus told the woman with the issue, go in peace and be whole. Say it out loud. The peace of God makes me whole. I've been a a student of longevity for a few decades now. Being in healing school for years, I wound up into that. And and, uh, uh, when I I hear somebody that lived a long time, I I listen to see what they say and and, and look for continuity and similarities. And uh, one thing I can see is that uh, a key to longevity is learning how to cast your cares over on the Lord. You cannot live in stress and strife and anxiety, worry and fear, and make it your full length. We were not designed to carry care. It breaks you down inside and out. God didn't create you to handle it. That's why he told you, give it to him. Because if you carry it, it'll break down, it'll, it'll weaken your immune system, it'll age you prematurely, it'll mess up your nervous system, your digestive system, it'll mess with your heart. I'm telling you, you want, you want to make it? Yes. You want to be satisfied with long life? Yes, sir. Then you got to chill. <laughs> you got to quit fussing and fighting with people. You gotta quit staying upset and mad at people in the other political party. I'm telling you. You wanna die young? You want years shaved off your life? Then you gotta quit railing about what's wrong with this, what's wrong with that, and staying mad and upset all the time. It it will aid you prematurely and make you no fun to be around. In the meantime, in order to be a witness, we have to be different from the unsaved world. And one of the biggest things that will make you different is having the peace of God that passes understanding, keeping your heart and mind all the time, being full of joy in the midst of all kind of problems that will make you stand out in a good way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So revelation comes from um, uh, progressively by faith. By faith. I, I know when I first got to uh, Ramah, under Brother Hagin's ministry, it was the first few months into the first school year, I noted something that just amazed me. In Brother Hagin's class, sometimes, he, well, he'd read text all the time, but sometimes he'd read a whole chapter. And when he did, while he's reading this, I'm getting revelation. And he hadn't even commented on it yet. He just reading it. And it puzzled me. I thought, I've read that <laughs> several times. And he's reading it, and I'm seeing things I hadn't seen in it. What's going on? Come on, can you, can you help me out? He's reading it with faith that's at another level than I've been reading it. And what that works out to is an increased expectation to see something. Huh? Because I've had people tell me, oh, the Bible? I've read that before. Why aren't they reading it anymore? They have no expectation of seeing something that will change their life and fix their problems. And, and you and I, the reason we are the way we are, is we've got some faith in us. It's begun to grow. It's begun to develop. And the reason you'd come to a meeting like this is you believe something good's going to come out. Huh? And when you come and bring your faith, oh, it helps us so much. Oh, man, because we're doing the same thing on the other end. I'm praying. I'm studying. We're looking what? Not just going through the motion. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. I'm expecting to see things I hadn't even seen before. I'm expecting to go places I hadn't been before. Is that right? And it is revealed from faith to faith. And as soon as our faith increases, we'll see more. And we'll reach further. And our utterance will increase. And our revelation will increase. Come on, can you see that? And of course, faith comes by hearing. So that's going to boost our faith some more. And then we're going to expect even more than that. Come on, can you see that? Somebody say, from faith. To faith, to faith, it's revealed from faith to faith. Isn't that what it said? Look with me, if you would, in the, in the book of uh, Exodus. Praise be to God. Glory to God. Whoo! I like it. Exodus 33. Oh, I like it. How can you not like living water? Huh? The light of God, the life of God, huh? eternal life. How can, you, how can you not like that? Exodus, the 33rd chapter. Now, this is before the new birth. This is before the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is before our, you know, authority in the name of Jesus. This is... This is a long time before all that. But it's the same God who never changes. 
And uh, Moses is having personal interaction with the Almighty. Mm. I mean, uh, at first, it was the spectacular outward. You got to remember, nobody can be born again yet. Not even Moses. And that fire, the bush burning that wasn't being consumed, he saw that and he heard the voice of God. And one thing led to another. And as the years have gone by, he's experienced physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually the glory of God, the manifested presence of God. Now, it was showing up. You remember that there was a a fire burning at night over the tabernacle. Is that right? And in the daytime, there was a cloud. Well, that weren't no ordinary cloud. It was the manifested presence of God himself. And it involves his angels. You'll find the term the angel of his presence. Some of the men and women of God, I'm thinking of one individual in particular, uh, uh, actually my grandmother and my great-grandmother were, were healed in his uh, tent meetings, his uh, back, oh man, this would have been in what, the uh, 40s and 50s, and he said he, they'd be praising God, and, and then all at once, man, you'd sense something, and he said, the angel of his presence is here. He just came, stood beside me. And then he'd begin to flow in word of knowledge. He's seeing things and knowing things until he'd get tired. And then, you know, that's it for the night. But the Lord's presence by his holy angels, by his Holy Spirit is real. I said real. And it is what your heart is hungry for. Oh, your heart, whether you've acknowledged it or not, your heart is so hungry for the presence of God. Now, He's in you, and He never, the Holy Spirit's in you, and He never leaves you. Never leaves you. He'll never forsake you, but He's not manifested. To the same degree everywhere all the time. That's why we're talking about the manifest presence of God. Anybody in here besides me hungry? Hungry for the manifest, manifested presence of God. Now having said that. You do not just want to be a power seeker. You don't want to be. We'll talk more about this as we go, but why? Because God didn't reveal himself as power. God is love. Love. And That gives you the right mindset and the right approach and and the position to receive. 
there are manifestations of wrong spirits. There are, the, the scripture said that the messengers of the enemy, they transform themselves into angels of light. And this is what a lot of people have not understood. The devil never comes as the devil. Remember, the Bible warns us about his subtlety. Well, showing up with a tag that says devil, and hi, I'm the devil, that ain't subtle. That's obvious. And he is not obvious, and he never comes apparently and obviously. He is a, a trickster, a deceiver, always. And his, his favorite mode of operation is to tell you a lie and say it's thus saith the Lord. Or a manifestation. And this is what confuses a lot of people because you can have a genuine spiritual experience. It's real. And it's not God. Not God. And if you're hungry for power, you open the door for that. You want to be seen You want people to think you're a mighty man or woman of faith and power and you can do this and that. You'll be easily tricked and easily deceived. You want people to be impressed and wowed by your anointing, by your revelation. You open the door to deception. You don't just want an astounding spiritual experience. You want God. Come on, are y'all with me or not? You don't don't, don't want to just feel power. You want to feel God. And God is. He's love. I said He's love. He's love. He's love. That's why uh, Corinthians says, uh, follow after love. And desire the the manifestations of the Spirit. Not not just follow after the I want to see miracles. I want to see miracles. No. You want to see God. Huh? But I want to feel the power. No. You want to be useful to help somebody. This is not for you just sit in the chair at home and go, Woo! 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 <laughs> not that that couldn't happen <laughs> if you seek God, but we're not to be seeking certainly glory, and we're not to be seeking just power. And you, you, you. And when I say this, you know, most everybody in church will agree. Yeah, yeah, that's right, brother. But all of us got flesh, and pride is something that you got to deal with. Every everybody, if you think, well, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have any problem with that. That means it has won. <laughs> You're not even dealing with it. <laughs> Woo! But when you experience, Bible said, taste and see. That the Lord is what? Power. Good. Good. He has power off the chart. I mean, 
Look at his creation. I mean, look at the universe. What kind of power does it take to keep all these stars burning? You know? Ooh, ooh. But that's not how he reveals himself. Is I am powerful, fear me. It's God so loved the world that he gave. He's not trying to scare us. It'd be easy for him to. Easy. God could stick his face in the sky. And he could say in a, in a sound that ripped across the whole planet in a moment, I'm God and I'm real. And there wouldn't be a being on the planet that doubted it. And everybody's face would hit the dirt and go, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Why don't he do that? I I wish he would do that. He doesn't do it on purpose. In fact, he's, for lack of a better word, restraining himself. Because if he shows too much, it takes away the opportunity for faith. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. And what's going on right now is every, every human being has an opportunity to choose to believe without being made to or forced to or evidence natural so overwhelming that you, it's in your face to the point you, you couldn't doubt. It's a choice. And he wants to know who really wants to be with him. What would you do if you can do anything you want to do? That's what's going on right now. If you can do anything you want to do, you can lie, you can blaspheme, you can rebel, or you can choose to believe God and submit yourself to him and his lordship. You can trust him. And those that do in this curse-filled, ugly, dark place, we are his jewels. Hallelujah. And he'll never forget that we stood up for him and confessed him in this dark place. And we're his forever. We're part of his forever family, his forever plan. We get to live in his presence. And that's what makes heaven heaven. It's not the gold streets. It's not the jewels. That's nice. It's not the mansions. That's not what makes heaven heaven. What makes heaven heaven is the presence of God. In fact, that's what makes hell hell is the absence of it. And the Bible talks about people that refuse to believe they will be destroyed from the presence of God. And that is hell. Not just the heat, not just the fire. The absence of love. The absence of life and joy and peace. That's hell. But I'm not going. You going? We're not going. I said, we're not going. Where are you going to live? Well, they're working on your place. The Lord said, I go to prepare. Didn't he? I go to prepare. 
a place for you. They're working on your place. It's going to be nice. It's going to be nicer than anything you ever had down here. By far. But And there will be a specific spot that's your place. And, and a place for you to work and do things in the kingdom. But that's not where you'll be so excited about living. It's that you are in the manifested presence of God. I mean, you are basking in his manifested love, living in his love. We're in it now, but not to the degree we will experience it. Hallelujah. His light, his life, his love, his peace, his joy. That's what makes heaven, heaven. Not just eternal existence, eternal life. Even under the old covenant, even before most things had even come out, Moses got to fellowship with God. Amazing. And he saw the fire. And he saw the light and the glory. And he saw a form. And you know what it did to him? It made him so hungry for more. For more. And he cries out to God. Look in Exodus 33. This It's just a short chapter, but this entire chapter deals with this. The Lord was put out with the people because of their stubbornness and uh, rebellion. And he said, I'm going to send an angel before you and drive out uh, the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite. Somebody said, well, that's that's good news. Uh Uh-uh. That's instead of himself. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of you. For you are a stiff-necked people, lest I consume you in the way. He said, I have a concern that if I'm in the middle of you all the time, it'll it'll go too far. (laughs) And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned. And no man put on his put on him his ornaments. And it came to pass that Moses entered into the tabernacle. The cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. Now this is not like any cloud you ever saw floating through the sky. This cloud moved definitely and came and stood in front of the door. A cloud, because the cloud is surrounding something and covering something. And uh, Moses, the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped. Every man in his tent door. So people all over this big spread out place, they can see this glory cloud. And they're watching it. They're in awe of it. They know this is no ordinary thing. This is not a natural phenomena. Moses is talking to God again. They can see the glory right there. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. 
Well, I hope you don't go to sleep through any of this tonight. I mean, this is... Somebody say face to face. Face, face to face. Do you know we are told to seek his face? Seek his... Seek God's face? We are told to seek his face. What, what does that mean? Remember we talked earlier this week about uh, draw nigh to God... And he will draw nigh to you. And went on to say purify your hands uh, sinners and and don't be uh, double minded. See there's mindedness. Think about this. Have you ever felt like somebody was looking at you. And you turned around and they were. Huh? Is everybody awake? Have, have you ever been going along, not thinking about that at all, and all at once, for lack of a better word, you felt like somebody's looking at me. And you turned around, and sure enough, they were looking right at you. What, how would you perceive that? It wasn't physical, nor was it mental. How did you perceive they were looking at you? Because you're a spirit. And they're a spirit too. And to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life. If two or three agree is touching anything, it'll be done. And whether you are, there I am in the midst of you. When you put your mind on something and you focus your spirit on it, you can touch it in spirit. Regardless of time and distance, this is touching on the powers of the world to come. How we will function past this life. But the the great news is we can function in degrees of this now. We've seen in the book of Acts, there are times when God took people, you know, Philip, he was translated to another city in a moment. The Spirit of God just put him there. Well, if the Lord could do that with your body, your whole being, he could sure do that with your spirit and your mind. Right? And man, you talk about fast travel. This is beyond speed of light. And it has to do with our minds connected to our spirit. And when we seek his face and we draw near to him, tell me what the Bible said would happen. What what would happen? What does that mean? He will look at you on purpose. Now, he is the omniscient. He is the all-knowing God. But he has a face. Hallelujah. And if you reach out to him and you focus on him, and you, the, the Bible said, come into his presence with thanksgiving. 
Come into his presence with praise. Come into, what's going on? You set your face and your mind on him. You look to him. You by faith draw near to him and he will turn his face toward you. Woo! Now, 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 you see where, where we got this from? The Lord spoke to Moses how? Verse 11. How? Huh? Somebody say face to face. Face to face. Face to face. As a man speaks to his, his friend. That's why the enemy is continually... He's a master of distraction. He is continually trying to pull your thoughts and your mind off of God, away from God, distract you, interrupt you. And old man has modern technology giving him something to work with. Millions of people are rigidly trained If they get a ding, a ding or a vibration, they stop whatever they're doing and give their attention to that. And it makes you unstable and unspiritual. Because you don't know what's important and what's not important. Reckon how many times the Holy Spirit's trying to, in the middle of trying to talk to somebody about something and ding. <laughs> and they just cut him off. And, and look at some dumb post about what somebody ate for breakfast that morning. <laughs> it's pitiful. It really is pitiful. And people, Christians, believers, ministers are living perpetually distracted. They're just bouncing. Boom, 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 boom. Because there's no end to all the stuff going on in social media and on and on and on and all the different branches of media. Didn't the scripture say, be still? Come on, look at your neighbor. Help him out. Be still. Be still. Are you being still when you're just... Got your face in your phone night and day? Huh? No. Does that minister peace to you? It makes you tired. It fatigues you. Everything you do takes mental energy and spiritual energy and physical. Every Everything you do. And what the enemy is trying his best to do is to get you to waste it. On nothing stuff so that you are too tired to care when it comes time to do the right thing. You've you've used up because every day when you wake up, you do not have unlimited energy and strength. Hmm? You're not the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Why would you need to be renewed? Because you can be depleted. Hallelujah. You got to develop powers of focus 
and concentration. And there are times when you've got to decide, turn this off, turn that off, shut this up, focus on this. Yeah. For more than three minutes. Yeah. Moses was in the glory of God with no phone. For 40 days and nights. That's all that was going on. Him and God communing. Mostly him listening and receiving the instructions and receiving the commandments and, and receiving. Did it affect him? It affected him so much that even not being born again, not even in the new covenant, his body was permeated with glory so that he didn't even know it, but he came down from the mountain and, and the people went, whoa, 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 you got to cover that up, man. I mean, <laughs> he is, his face is shining like a light. I mean, it is not natural. It is not ordinary. Why? Just being in the manifested presence of God. Huh? For more than five minutes, more more than an hour, more than a day, right? A month and a half, just in the glory of God, in the glory. How many re- re- figure you're in the glory of God for a month and a half? When you come back, you got something to say. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? You could, yeah. huh? Yeah. And it'll have some punch to it. Yes. Yes, it'll have some anointing to it. Yeah. Manifest presence of God, face to face. Keep reading this, if you would. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, (laughs) I like this so much. He said, uh, you say to me, bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you're going to send with me. I don't know what angel you're talking about, because the Lord just told him. We just read it. I'm sending you an I'm sending an angel, and I'm not going. And uh, he he said, "Yet you said, I know you by name, and you said I had found grace in your sight. Now therefore, I pray you." He he wants to take advantage of this grace. <laughs> he, he wants to act on it. He said. Uh, if I have found grace, favor in your sight, show me now the way that I may know and find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Because the Lord was put out with them. And he, was, and he actually told him, your people that you brought up out of Egypt. And the Lord said, hey, hey, they're your people, Lord. And... Uh, Verse 14, the Lord knows what Moses is asking for. Come come on, is everybody awake? Mark this verse. Make it your own personally. The Lord said, my presence shall go with you. Who's my? What's he saying? Okay, I'm going to change it. I will go with you. Did he change God? No. 
He didn't change God. But he was willing to change and make adjustments. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And this is one of the big evidences of the manifest presence of God is that you live in his peace. Apart from the strife of the world. You're in the world. But you're not of. My presence will go with you. Say that loud. His presence is in me. And on me. And goes with me. This is tied direct the manifestation of the presence. Now, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But that doesn't mean you sense his presence to the same degree. And in proportion to our faith, we can experience more. We want to believe and be fully persuaded to the point where we're not questioning it anymore. We know when I walk in the room... He comes in with me. Not to glorify me. Not to make a big deal out of me. But he is with me. And he is on me. And when I speak, he's in my words. His words are in my mouth. And his thoughts are in my mind. Oh, hallelujah. And his anointing is on my hands. And on my feet. Because his presence goes with me. Oh, hallelujah. His his presence goes with me. Goes with me. You know, the Bible said about David, said everywhere he went, God gave him victory. Everywhere. Why? Because God was with him. And if God be for you, hallelujah, we, we can grow in this awareness, and in, which is persuasion, and in expectation of manifestations of his presence. We should, we should release our faith just as a, a way of life. We, we live by faith. That anybody we're around and anybody that needs help from him will sense his presence when we're talking to him, when we're praying for him, when we're ministering to him. Huh? We'll sense, not me, they don't need to, they don't need to sense me, but he's with me. He's in me. He's on me. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. The Lord said, my presence shall go with you. And I know when he said that, Moses said, oh, whoo, glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. And you see, because the very next thing he said to him, he said, now, if your presence is not going with me, don't carry me up out of here. I don't, I don't want to go. Because that was his next thing is, I ain't going. <laughs> if you're not going, I'm done. I'm not going. And man, I feel exactly that way. Lord, if you're not going with me to preach tonight, I'm staying home. I'm staying my little self to the house. Because huh? I cannot do this of myself and on my own. I can do nothing 
of myself. Nothing that's good, nothing that accomplishes the will of God. But I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. Everywhere I go. His presence is with me. He, his presence. Now we know by faith he goes with us. But his presence. Manifest presence goes with me too. Goes with me too. Oh somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Moses said, well, if your presence doesn't go with me, then do not carry us out of here. We, we're done. Because wherein shall it be known that I and your people have found grace in your sight, if not in, that you go with us? So shall we be separated, I and your people, from all the people that are on the face of the earth. That's what makes us different. That's right. That's it. Is the presence of God. That's right. yes. It's not our perfect doctrine. Come on. Yes. All of us just know in part. Yeah. That's right. Don't you assume you, you got it all. Oh, but friend, the thing that makes you different is that he's in you. He's on you. His presence goes with you. And the more aware of this we are, the more we believe this and the more we expect this. Oh, glory to God. He will manifest in situations. Now, unbelievers don't walk by faith. I said unbelievers, you're you're silly to expect them to walk by faith. What do they go by? What they see and what they feel. Is that right? And I want you to know God wants them to feel Him. Hallelujah. And he wants to manifest it through you. He wants you to walk into a room of people sorrowing and sad and depressed and everything. And he wants when you walk in to not be phased by how messed up they are, but realize God came in with me. The presence of God. And when you start talking... The Spirit of God starts anointing those words and starts touching their ears. Hallelujah. And we'll see more and we'll hear more and people will, will say, glory to God. I, what is that? What is that? You go, that's him. He's here. He said, we're two or three of you gathered together in my name. I'll be right there. I'll be right there in the midst of you. Somebody say glory to God. And the Lord said to Moses, I'll do this thing also that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. He, he, he did those things just because he asked him to. Isn't that something? Just because Moses asked him to. If he hadn't asked, it wouldn't have changed. But he did. And God said, okay, because you asked me to. Because Moses is quoting back to him what he said. He, he said, you told me that I had favor in your sight. You told me. We was buds, friends. 
And God said, that's right. We are. He said, well, if I got favor, you got to go with us. You got to. If you're not with us, we're no different from any other religious bunch. If you're not with us, we're no different from any other religion. Where will it be known that we're your people? If not, that you're in the midst with us. We, you go with us. We got to have you in our midst, in manifestation. Woo! And the Lord said, okay. I am your buddy. I am your friend. And I know you by name and you have found grace in my sight. And I, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. In other words, you're going to sense this peace all the time. You're going to rest in this presence all the time. You're going to experience me when you wake up and when you go to bed. I'm there. You'll know I'm here. Hallelujah. Now I want you to, I want to, want you to see what that led up to in the next verse. <laughs> verse 18. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did Moses say? Oh God, I want to see the rest of it. I want to, I want to see the whole deal. You, you keep covering up with these clouds and stuff. I want, I want to see. Lord, put it on high beam, okay? But I want to see. I, I want to I wanna see the glory. I want to experience your full presence. Your full glory. Do you know why he said that? Because every human being that's ever been made, that's their core. That's what we were made to do. I said we are made. We, we are created to live in his presence. We are made for the glory. It doesn't appear right now what we shall be. But when we see him, it's going to be full on. Full on. We're going to see him. Not in part. Not in part. Not on low beam. We're going to see him as he is. I mean as he is. As he is. Woo! Moses said, I, I beseech you. Because it's been going real good so far, right? I mean, he, <laughs> he talked about the favorite thing and God said, yeah. And he said, will you go with me? Yeah. So... I'm your friend, you know, man. Yeah, yeah. So he's thinking, let's keep going with this thing. I'm, show me your glory. And he's talking about all your glory. Because he's seen the glory of God. And uh, what did the Lord say? I'll make all my goodness to pass before you. That's not what he asked for. And yet, here's revelation. That's what the glory is. See, your presence is an emanation of what you are. 
such as you have. That's what comes out of you. And that's why we laugh sometimes, you know, our little dogs. They're, they're wonderful. But <laughs> Phyllis said, yes, they are. Um, some people they like and some people they don't like. And we've, we've come to find out they're amazing judges of character. And, and they are not going by any intellectual or they haven't read anybody's file. What a, they sense. They sense. Animals can sense if people are mean or cruel. Or they can sense if they're kind. They, it's a sense. Well, what are, what are, you, what are they sensing? Spiritual things are real. Isn't that right? And whatever you are, that's what you put off. That's what, that's what emanates out of you. You know, uh, cultic circles talk about auras. It's not an aura. It's your presence. Your spiritual presence. God, His presence. You know what comes out of God? <laughs> Everything He says... Everything he does is 100% pure good. Good. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father. The Father of lights out of heaven with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Th- those words mean not even any. It means not one particle of darkness. God is pure light. Pure light. Pure life. Pure love. Pure goodness. And when you're experiencing the manifest presence of God, that's what it'll be every time. Goodness. Life, love, peace, joy, and that is glorious. I said, that is glorious. So when he says, show me your glory, God says, I'll show you my goodness. Same thing. And he, you know, went on to tell him, Moses, you cannot take high being. You can't. Buddy, I'm sorry, but not yet, not now, not in your current state. You can't see my face and live. What does that mean? It would have blown him away. <laughs> but he did. He, he, he manifested goodness and he saw it. And every time you see more of the goodness of God, it changes you. As you behold like in a mirror, the glory of God, you are changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. And where the Spirit is, there's liberty and freedom. You get free from hang-ups. You get free from confusion. You get free from junk. And you are transformed into the glory you're looking at, into the goodness Hallelujah, that you're looking at. Hallelujah. 
Come on, say it again. His presence is in me. His presence is on me. And His manifest presence goes with me. Hallelujah. Now, if you get your mind on ungodly stuff and you focus that and talk that, that won't be so. Doesn't mean He's left you. But that his presence won't be manifested and people won't be noticing it. Because to be carnally minded is what? Yeah. Death will be manifested. Yeah. You'll be doing the same thing unsaved people around you are doing. And so you'll be experiencing and feeling the same thing. Right. Which is why we've got to keep our minds in the right place. Stayed on him. Is that right? Yeah. Spiritually minded. Go to John, please. The 14th chapter. Glory to God. I need a little extra time tonight. Could you, could you spare some? John 14. Thanks be to God. Man, this whole chapter is amazing, of course. But something that came up in this is that um, Philip in John 14, 8, he said, Lord, show us the Father. So this is a similar request to what Moses is talking about. They've been around Jesus now for uh, three plus years. And um, that's the thing about truly getting to know him You want more. You always want more. There's something in you. Deep calls unto deep. And I've heard people say, I just feel like there's more. You know why you feel that way? Because there's more. There's a whole lot more. And it keeps pulling on you. And it will continue to do so till we leave here and get out of here. And then we really come into the... Oh, glory to God. It, it won't be many days. All of us be around the throne. We will be receiving, looking at the full glory of him sitting on the throne. And there, I don't know of any words to begin to try to describe that. But it is going to far exceed anything we have thought. Hallelujah. But until then, we are to have manifestations of his presence. We are to walk by faith, not requiring to feel something before we will believe. But that doesn't mean we live a dry life with no manifestations. We're supposed to have regular manifestations. We're supposed to have daily manifestations. Of the Spirit of God and the presence of God. Don't you remember 1 Corinthians 12 said, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, every person, to profit with all. The what? Manifestation. A manifestation is not something that you just enjoy inwardly. The very word manifestation means something is shown outwardly. Something is demonstrated. 
And God's not trying to hide his goodness from the lost world. He wants to show his goodness, demonstrate his goodness, right? Because it's the goodness of God that draws and leads people to come to him and repent and receive him. And they need to be seeing manifestations of his presence, which are manifestations of his goodness in our lives daily. He's not glorified by how broke down we are, how defeated we are, how depressed we are. That's not goodness. Folks need to see. Folks need to see. They need to hear. We need to witness, testify. The Bible said, you'll be witnesses unto me. It's not just going a witness once in a while. It's something you are 24-7 everywhere you go. And this is not about being a, a pastor. It's not about being a teacher and knowing Greek and Hebrew. It's none of that. A witness is somebody who is an eyewitness personally experienced it you were there when God did that miracle for you and nobody I was singing the other night nobody can tell it like you can tell it is that right and you don't need to be shy about it now you don't push things off on people that despise it and don't want to hear it but the moment somebody wants to hear it and is willing to hear it you say let me tell you what God has done for me Huh? Come on, everybody in here can do that. Is there everybody must do this? Let me tell you, somebody's going through a hard time in their life. You say, Well, you know, I went through some stuff. Let me tell you what how God got me out of it. Let me tell you what he did for me. And and, and is everybody awake? As you're telling them, you are not just trying to explain something to them intellectually. You are believing and expecting for the presence of God to show up on them and start manifesting to them. Come on, can you see that? The light of God, the peace of God, the strength of God. And if they go, whew, you go, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> just, just let me, let me finish telling you. What, what is that? We, we, we should hear this all the time. What do what you say? What is it? It's him. He's real. He's good. He's got nothing to be scared of. <laughs> He's real. Hallelujah. And in the Holy Spirit, it's his job to come on them and convince them of the truth you're telling them and show them. Hallelujah. And draw and lead them into full salvation. Oh, glory to God. John 14, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And we'll be happy. It'll satisfy us. And, and Jesus said, what? I've been with you all this time. And, and you don't know me. You, you hadn't seen me. And I'm sure Philip thought, no, I, I said the Father. He said, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. He said, you remember, I told you, the Father's in me, and I'm in him. And if you've seen me, 
I told you, the words I'm speaking, I got them from him. The things I'm doing, I, he showed me. And if you if you heard that, you heard him. I didn't make that up. It came from him. When I did that and that miracle happened, uh, I didn't do that of myself. He did it. The Father in me. He did the works. So you've been seeing God for years now. And you didn't know who you were looking at? Now skip on down to the 21st verse. Jesus said, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. Did you see this next phrase? And what? And what? Did Jesus say, I will manifest myself to him? I will manifest. Listen to the Amplified on this. He said, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And, And whoever really loves me will be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will show myself to him. I will reveal and manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. This is not he's here by faith. This is manifested, displayed presence. If the Lord tells you, you do this I will manifest myself to you. Can you count on it, church? Could you you count on it? Well, if we're not seeing it to the degree, what must we assume? We're not doing what he told us to do. Because it can't be that we do what he said and he didn't do what he said. That, That cannot be. Cannot be. I want you to notice the first part of this. You can get hung up on glory and power and manifestations. I want you to notice how how the verse began. The person who has has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him. Then comes the manifestation. Love, love, love. Love, manifestation. Love. So many reasons why the commandment of the New Testament church is love. It's not, he never said try. It's a command. And it's an act. It's not based on feelings. And yet, it produces feelings. The scripture says, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. What does it start with? Not the gifts, not the manifestations, but the love. And, you know, he goes into great detail in the following chapter, the 13th chapter. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, huh, and don't have love, what's he basically saying? It's worth nothing. 
Right? If I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I'm, I don't have the love, it profits me nothing. Is this true? If I give everything I got, even give my body to be burned, but it's not out of love, it profits me nothing. Why? The main thing is not a who, it's not a uh, looking for a physical thing or a miracle. Tell me what the main thing is. We're back to what Brother uh, Happy Caldwell said. What's the main thing? It's the main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing, and what? Tell me what the main thing is. The main thing, the New Testament command of the church: love each other, just like I love you. That's the command. And he he imparted the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit to enable us to do this. It happened when we were born again. So never say you can't. Never say. I'm sorry, I just can't love them. They are too mean. It's a lie. You just chose not to. The love God put in you is capable of loving anybody. Loved you when you were his enemy. Right? I tell you this, and then we'll move. We got something else at the end of the service here to, to do. That's why I said I need a couple of minutes. But years ago, Phyllis and I went to a home meeting and there was a man and woman that ministered there. They were older, old enough to be our grandparents. And we immediately liked them <laughs> the way they, you know, you recognize kindred spirits and faith recognizes faith. And, and um, the man would preach and he preached faith and he did a good job. This is just a home in a living room. I know how many people would have been there? 15 maybe, you know, and, um, they had been in the ministry for decades. And then she got up behind him and started praying in the spirit. And then she started having word of knowledge. And it was accurate, amazing. It was undeniably God. And, and people begin to receive healings and, and things like that. And I th- we went more than once to, to this. And, and uh, one night... I know it was the Lord did it for me, if nobody else. She said, let me take just a minute and explain how the Lord works with me. I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said, uh, you know, I, my husband preaches and, and the faith comes from the word. And she said, God has used me in, in uh, word of knowledge and, and gifts of healings. But she said, usually I'll have nothing, nothing, uh, even when I get up behind him and it's time for me to minister. Uh, she said, a lot of times I, I have nothing, nothing. She says, she's doing this by faith. Mm-hmm. Can you see this? How will you minister? In proportion. Come on, can you, in proportion to your faith. And so she said, I'll just look across the crowd and love the people. Oh, come on. Are are y'all listening to this? She said, I'll just look across the crowd and and you know God loves these people. You know they're dealing with all kind of stuff. And 
And you know he wants to help everybody. And she said, the love of God in me will go towards a a specific person. And they'll stand out to me. God loving them. God wanting to do something for them. And she said, a lot of times I'll have nothing else, but I'll say, can I minister to you? Can I pray for you? And she said, a lot of times if they'll say yes and they stand up when they start walking, here it comes. Word of knowledge. Here it comes. Some anointing. And then one after another. Isn't she doing exactly what the scripture said? Follow. Well, if you're following love, who are you following? Who are you following? You're following the Holy Spirit. You're following God Himself. Is that right? If you're following love and desiring whatever manifestation it takes to help them, can you see that's what He's talking about here? If you love me, it starts, it continues, it finishes with love. If you love me, if you love Him, You want to please him. You want to do what he wants you to do. And when he directs you to do something, you will say, yes, sir, and you'll go towards it. And if you'll do that, the love of God will manifest towards you. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, I will show up. And I will manifest myself to you. I will let you, uh, let myself be clearly seen by you, demonstrate things to you. This is supposed to be normal life for us. Normal life. Not just some rare thing that happens on some rare occasion. This should be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Is that right? Yes. Tell me how you start. Come on, tell me how you start. You love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your, how about this, mind. How you love God with your mind? How you love God with your mind? Well, if you never think about him, that wouldn't be loving him. You got to think about him to love him. Who do you love a whole lot, but you've never thought about them in the last 20 years? <laughs> you see what I mean? You love him with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Hallelujah. And your brother, you love them. Your neighbor, you love them, whoever's around you. And in that love and that obedience to that love, Jesus gave you his word and he gave me his word. I will. Manifest myself to you. Can you say glory to God? Stand on your feet, everybody.